Welcome to The Rich Report, a podcast with news and information on high-performance computing. Today, my guest is from Mellanox. We have Galad Shaner. He is the VP of Marketing at the company. Galad, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Rich? Well, well, great. I haven't seen you for a couple weeks now since the Switzerland conference, but uh, I thought we'd use this chance to catch up on what's up with Mellanox. So, uh, so what's the news, Galad? Sounds good. I think there is uh, um, multiple new announcements that we have released uh, around new product lines. Uh, we also released some uh, comparisons, performance comparisons on applications between InfiniBand and uh, the OmniPath alternative. So I think there is a, a lot going on, and I'll be very happy to go over with you on some of the announcements and some of the information that we have made public. Well, terrific. Well, glad I brought your slides up. Why don't we start there, and then we'll do a Q&A at the end. Sounds great. So I'll start with uh, slide number two. And I think this is uh, something that the industry is already talking for quite some time already. Uh, definitely Melnox is uh, also part of the industry trend on uh, moving from today's CPU-centric architecture where you limit the application so everything essentially to run on the CPU to a co-design architecture, which going to break the bottlenecks of today and basically create synergies and synergies between the different hardware components and synergy between the software and the hardware and deliver a greater application performance by use, using more intelligent elements uh, which distributed across the entire data center. And in, in our uh, part, for the Melnox part, Melnox is bringing more and more intelligence to the network. And uh, the network becomes the new generation of coprocessors by providing in-network computing an ability to accelerate the applications. And one of the key here, one of the key things here to enable the, the improvement in performance is basically to start working on a data when a data moves. Today, when you wait for the data to reach the CPU before you can do anything on it, you lose a lot of performance capabilities. And we know that the CPU frequency is not getting faster anymore. Therefore, you cannot really accelerate the process. And the only way to accelerate the process is, is by working on the data of the process as the data moves. And this provides a great performance advancement, and this is uh, the new architecture that will be used for the next generations of high-performance computing systems. So going to slide number three, and this is uh, one simple example. If we look 10 years ago, the network uh, components or the latencies of the network components was in the tens of microseconds. And at the same time, the communication framework latencies, the latencies of, for example, MPI collective operations or any other complex operations were in a hundred of microseconds. So, so the network part was a, a pretty much an important element in that, uh, in, in the overall latency. And throughout the years, there was a lot of focus on reducing the network latencies. And today, the network latencies are in a hundred of nanoseconds. Melnox InfiniBand Switch has 90, less than 90 nanosecond latency. 
which is the fastest uh, switch in the market, the InfiniBand adapters latencies are in the range of 100 nanoseconds. So we, we, we saw a huge reduce in the latencies of the network uh, um, functions. On the other side, if we look on MPI collective operations or overall the communication frameworks, today we're in the tens of microseconds. It's 10, 20, 30 microseconds. So now there is a huge difference between those two sides. So look into the future and try to see how can we further reduce the latencies of the network operations. And if you look on the, the, uh, the network uh, solutions, if they switch or, or adapters, those are already in 100 nanoseconds and less. So even if you continue and, and reduce the latencies of the adapters and the switches by doing multiple things, and, and you will be able to reduce another 10, another 20, another 30 nanoseconds, compared to a 20 microseconds, that's become negligible. So, so the, 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 the real solutions to actually continue and reducing the application latencies is not by taking down another 10 or 20 nanoseconds from the network products or hardware. It's basically by looking into the algorithms being used by the applications and start to map those algorithms on any active component within the data center. And once you do that, and basically start working on the data when the data moves. So execute algorithms today on the adapters or on the switches, you can go and make another 10x of performance improvement. And that's how you're going to take the tens of microseconds of today and get it down to one or two or three microseconds. So that's the key thing. The key thing is, is not to focus on the pure latency of the switch or the adapter. The key thing is to bring intelligent to the network make the network the new generation of coprocessors, and with that you will be able to get another 10x improvements in the application runtime. So that, that's what we have been doing, and moving to stand number four, uh, ConnectX4 is the latest uh, InfiniBand EDR adapter for Melanox, which also serves as an Ethernet NIC as well, uh, providing uh, bandwidth capabilities of 10, 25, 40, 50, 56, and 100 gigabit per second. It delivers 150 million messages per second, but more important, it has a lot of offloading capabilities. So moving algorithms from the CPU to the network, uh, network adapter. Switch IB2, that's the latest switch from Melanox. Uh, when we announced it, we call it the fir world's first smart switch because it's the first switch that can actually manage and execute MPI or SHMEM-PGAS collective operations on the switch itself. And with that, we can make a 10x performance improvement for collective operations, uh, which is not something that you can do on the CPU anymore today. Uh, we also offer a Spectrum switch, which is a 10, 25, 40, 50, or 100 gigabit Ethernet switch that does deliver great performance benefits compared to alternatives in the market. And to connect everything, uh, a family of Link X transceivers, active uh, uh, optical and copper cables uh, that provide a very reliable and robust uh, cabling infrastructures to connect between uh, the switches and the adapters. Going to stand number five, one of the things that was missing so far in, in the InfiniBand offering 
was an InfiniBand router. So you can see here a diagram that is taken from the InfiniBand specification where router is an entity that enables to connect between multiple InfiniBand subnets. And there is multiple uh, reasons why a router is needed. One of them is that uh, InfiniBand subnet can connect up to 40,000 nodes in one fabric. And if you want to connect more than 40,000 nodes in a native InfiniBand fashion, you need to bring an InfiniBand router. And then InfiniBand router enables you to connect uh, up to two in a power of 128 nodes, which is basically unlimited. That is one reason. The second reason is that router is the most efficient solutions to bring capabilities of isolations between different InfiniBand networks. So you can uh, bring isolation between InfiniBand storage and InfiniBand compute or isolation between different compute elements. Each one of them will have its own subnet manager, its own configuration, its own management, but essentially the entire system will have a native InfiniBand uh, connectivity uh, uh, all across the system. So that's another reason for an InfiniBand router. And a third ad advantage is the ability to connect between different topologies. InfiniBand, in a sense, is the first SDN fabric uh, in the market, uh, which provides a rich capabilities to build any kind of topology. If it's a fat tree or torus or mesh or dragonfly and so forth. And if you want to build variety of topologies and be able to connect them together, the, the most effective way is to do it with InfiniBand Router. So with the, the continuous expansion of InfiniBand, not just in HPC, but even broader than HPC, into Web2 and Cloud, there is more and more need to bring isolations, to bring uh, uh, capabilities of connecting between different topologies, and in the long future, if we look on the exascale and beyond, you know, we assume that uh, you also be able to uh, connect, or you will need to be able to connect more than 40,000 nodes um, in a single uh, data center. Um, and therefore, the need for InfiniBand router uh, becomes something that uh, uh, we saw a strong uh, request or demand from uh, the high-performance computing users and beyond of that. So uh, uh, recently, and moving to slide number six, we announced a new family of products that deliver InfiniBand router capabilities. So now we have InfiniBand routers as part of the InfiniBand offering. Uh, the first box is a one new box that, that, that can connect up to six different subnets um, in one new box. And of course, people can deploy multiple of those boxes within their InfiniBand infrastructure and to be able to connect multiple subnets and to expand their uh, InfiniBand data centers to, to meet their needs. Uh, so we were very happy with the new InfiniBand router solution. We have started shipping that to first customers, and we expect to see further uh, usage and deployment of uh, the InfiniBand router. Uh, going to slide number seven, um, just one example of uh, one of the recent announcements in the high-performance computing systems, um, NCAR will deploy the next system utilizing Melnox EDR InfiniBand solutions. Uh, believe that uh, the InfiniBand router is also part of their system. 
to be able to provide isolations between the storage and the compute, for example. And that's a, a, a very nice uh, evidence of continuing usage of InfiniBand to drive the next generation of systems and to enable the next generation of uh, performance improvements uh, for the workloads in high-performance computing. And in slide number eight, you can see some reasons of why InfiniBand EDR is something that is being deployed more and more. A variety of application examples. If it's uh, uh, OptiStruct from Altair or WRF for weather simulations or Gromax or Fluent, you can see that even on a small scale, InfiniBand EDR provides up to 63 higher performance versus FDR. Um, some of that because of the uh, increase in, in throughput, and some of that is because of adding more and more intelligent to uh, the new generation of InfiniBand, more algorithms being run on the network, enabling uh, applications to actually uh, uh, run algorithms on the data when the data moves. There are also some examples from HPCC benchmarks, and here you see 68% uh, improvement and all the way to 80% performance improvement um, on a variety of systems. Some of the performance here was tested by Melnox. I think the majority of the examples here are actually coming from our customers. So it's a very uh, good to see evidence from our customers on the performance advantage that EDR brings to their, their, their workloads. So going to slide number nine, um, you know, there is always the debate uh, outside of offload versus onload, uh, which means an offload architecture for the interconnect versus an onload architecture for the interconnect. And slide number 10 gives a, a very um, a high-level high summary. Uh, basically, there are two options or two architectural options to build an interconnect. One of them is an offload architecture, and that's something that Melnox believes in the day one, and all of Melnox um, uh, solutions are based on that architecture. The idea here is that the network should first, the network should manage and execute all the network operations. So you run the transport, reliability, um, making sure that the data arrives correctly and so forth within the network and instead of running that on the CPU. Main reason is the CPU is there for actually running applications and not manage network operations and not creating network packets and not running the transport. And by moving those elements to the network, you can increase the CPU efficiency by 30, 40, and 50%. That was one reason. The second reason is that as we now go through the co-design architecture, it's even become more uh, critical to start running more and more algorithms on the network elements and not on the CPU because, because this is the only way to actually get to the performance improvements that we need. So now we have several elements or several algorithms from MPI that actually runs on the network. Uh, elements and as we move forward, we'll see more and more of the MPI actually runs on the network adapters on the network switches. Now it does require more R&D investment, uh, but uh, you know the, the the return investment here for the data center is huge. 
And that's why we're seeing uh, over and over that an offload approach wins the onload approach uh, for every generation of products. The other approach is an onload approach, which means a CPU-centric approach. The network needs to do nothing instead of just moving data, and everything must be executed on the CPU. That means that the CPU is responsible for everything. Um, you don't have acceleration engines. You don't have RDMA. And we all know that RDMA today is a key for multiple applications and definitely for storage. So everything is, needs to be done on the CPU. Um, reason is why to do it is because it's easier to create network products. But on the other side, you just eat a lot of the CPU cycles. So you dramatically impact your data center capability and increase the cost of your data center. Cell number 11 uh, put one of the main claims that companies doing onload uh, products uh, were used to drive, which is there are too many cores out there. You know, we, we live in a multi-core environment. There are so many cores out there. And you probably don't use all of those cores, so why not use CPU cores to do the network functions and so forth? Um, but you know, this is no more than a FUD. Um, you do pay for every core you, you buy. And I have an example here on an Intel Aswell CPU where you see the, the cost difference between a 10 cores, 12 cores, and 14 cores. So just move from a 14 cores to 12 cores on a dual socket server, the cost here is more than 1500 bucks. So every core is expensive. If your application does not need 14 cores, then buy 12 core CPU. It's gonna be much more cost effective and you can get higher frequency of CPUs. The cost delta of every core on a server, it's more than the interconnect cost. So there are no CPU, there are no cores for free. Every core costs you a lot of money, and people should design their system to miss their applications. So there are definitely not free cores that you can use it for doing something else. No, you, you, you are going to use every core that you buy for running your application. Cell number 12, um, start giving you some for the first time, some performance examples, real performance, real applications performance examples that compares between EDR InfiniBand, which is an offload architecture. It's a smart interconnect. Drive, net, drive the network functions to be managed and executed by the network. Bring further capabilities to accelerate applications and free CPU cycles versus the alternative, which is the 100-gig omnipath approach, which is complete and complete onload approach. It's based on the Qlogic true scale, uh, which is based on, on, on Pascal and Finipath in the past. Uh, all, all share the same common architecture of running everything on a CPU. And here you see a clear difference. And, and it's even a small uh, system size, so you don't need to go to a very large-scale infrastructure. On a 10 nodes, and, and running Win2K applications, you can see that there is a 35% performance improvement using InfiniBand versus using OmniPath. And the gap increases with the system size. So, and, and this is a, a major difference in application performance in, in, in your data center capability. Now, going to slide number 13, 
I'm keeping the same EDR and OmniPass numbers, but I'm also adding FDR. And in, in this case, you see that even InfiniBand FDR delivers better performance than OmniPass, running at half of the bandwidth speed. And the reason, again, is the offloading capabilities. So if you free the CPU cycles, if you run algorithms on the network, you can run application faster. And this is, this is the important part. Even FDR can deliver higher performance versus Omnipath. Slide number 14 takes another application example, which is Quantum Espresso. And here is the same thing. Here we're seeing 42% performance improvement on 10 nodes, and, and the gap increases with system size. Again, a clear evidence of an offloading approach versus an onloading approach for running uh, HPC applications. Slide 15 um, present the two last examples for now. Um, two cases of LS Dyna. One of them is using the new refined revised benchmark, which is a smaller data set benchmark. Another one is three cars, which is the larger data set benchmark. And here you see a difference between 48 to 63% performance um, between EDR and Omnipath. And one thing also to mention here is that in the small case, um, the network becomes more and more important where you have more and more servers. Um, basically, you are sending a lot of small messages and the network becomes the critical part in the performance um, of the application. And for that case, you can see that OmniPath does not scale beyond 10 nodes. And on the other side, Infinibin continues to scale. And not less important, if you examine the performance results here, you can see that in both cases, InfiniBand at six nodes provides same or higher performance versus OmniPath at 12 nodes. So with half of the compute infrastructure, InfiniBand delivers higher performance versus OmniPath. And again, that shows a clear advantage of an offloading architecture versus an onloading architecture, and also provide a very good example of why people should look on the entire data center infrastructure and make sure that they bring a balanced system. Because in one case, you might need to buy 12 servers and use an onload approach to, to get the performance that you need, but instead of that, you could buy half of the compute servers and using Finibet. So there is a huge, uh, not just performance advantage, but cost advantage, both on OPEX and CAPEX. So going to slide number 16, um, and here, here I want to talk a little bit about how you look on the, how do you need to look on the data center return on investment at the end of the day? And, and it's important to look on the entire data center components when you make, where you build a new, a new data center to make sure that you get the highest application performance or the highest re return investment. So on, on the left side, if we're looking on, on using an onload approach, for example, Omnipath, let's say that you uh, bought a compute system in a worth of one million bucks. And you got an onload uh, uh, network uh, product here, for example, Omnipath, at zero cost. It was free. So the total cost of your infrastructure was one million bucks. 
And let's take a very conservative approach here and say that uh, the onload network here uh, takes around 30% overage from the CPU. And this is a conservative, uh, you know, we, we look on examples that were much higher than that, but let's take a very uh, conservative approach. So 30% of the CPU is wasted on non-applications work. So therefore, the compute worth or the return investment is 0.7 million. Now, on the right side, let's assume that you bought the same compute systems at 1 million bucks, and you actually paid for Infiniment, which was $150,000 a year, so your total cost was 1.15. The CPU over it with an offload capabilities is zero, so the compute worth back to you is 1 million bucks, which means higher ROI. Now, you can definitely say that, well, on one side I pay 1 million, and on the other side I'm paying 1.15 million, so I'm paying more. And I can say that's fine. Let's assume that you want to get the same 0.7 million back as return investment from compute capabilities. So having that uh, number in mind, if you're going to buy InfiniBand, your entire system is going to cost you 0.8 million. So 20%, even, even that you are getting the network for free with Omnipath, you can get the same performance, if not higher, with 20% less of your total data center expense. And that's difference is much higher than the network difference. And, and that's, that's important to keep in mind. And that's why I also demonstrate or show you the, the several application examples. Paying for InfiniBand and bringing that into data center results in a more cost-effective data center. And that's, that's something that we see from uh, multiple user examples, and that's one of very good reasons why offloading architecture is the right one. So slide number 17, a little bit background um, of Omnipath Omnipath was essentially was born in 2005, more or less. Uh, Pascal as a company um, brought uh, an alternative for Mellanox InfiniBand, which called InfiniPath. It was a completely onloading approach. So no, no offload network running at 20 gigabit per second, tried to compete with InfiniBand DDR, uh, which didn't really work out. Qlogic has acquired InfiniPath technology and released the TrueScale product line, which was based on the same architecture, um, with just moving the uh, Cerdis speed around 40 gigabit per second and compete with uh, QDR. Um, didn't really work out. And Intel acquired TrueScale, uh, changed the name to OmniPath, moved the speed from 40 gig and 100 gig, but it's the same onloading approach. It's the same thing. So over time, you know, there were few systems here and there that either Pascal or Qlogic uh, uh, won. Mellos continue to have the lead on the high-performance computing systems because of the performance, because of the efficiency, because of the scalability, because of the return investment. And we believe that uh, we'll continue to show that versus the Omnipath alternative. Um, it's also important to note that uh, earlier this year, we have made the first demonstration 
of running uh, uh, silicon photonics at 50 gig per lane, which is the first step in providing a complete solution for InfiniBand HDR to run 200 and 400 gigabit per second. And we continue on track to provide those solutions in a 2017 timeframe, which will uh, continue and maintain the Melnox one generation ahead advantage over the competition. Uh, stand number 18, um, some numbers that uh, released by the competition from Omnipath, what we see here is, is basically uh, putting higher number out there versus actually number that people will be able to measure um, and reducing expectation over time. At uh, ISC 2015 last year, Intel announced that, for example, their solution will deliver 160 million messages per second, which was claimed to be 6% higher than Melanox, where Melanox providing 150 million messages per second. Um, it was also claimed that the switch uh, latency will be between 100 and 100 nanosecond, which is 23% lower than Melanox, while Melanox is a 90 nanosecond uh, switch latency. Um, early this year in February, Intel released uh, a different set of numbers, Actually, they claimed that they estimated the message rate to be between 75 and 86, and they were measuring 108 million messages per second. And, and this is definitely not the 106 they claimed before. And just uh, a week ago, at IDF China, um, Intel released another set of numbers where now they claiming to have 105 million messages per second on the new Broadwall CPUs. Um, so the performance expectation does um, reduces over time, but it's also interesting to see that they're putting a range of message rate, uh, which typically uh, you don't see. You actually see a message rate that you can achieve. So the range uh, may imply G tier, but those numbers are definitely not uh, uh, in par with Melnox numbers. Melnox drive 150 million messages per second, for example. So even on a low-level uh, benchmarks, Melnox solutions have the advantage, and definitely when you go to the application cases, uh, which we, we, we discussed. Uh, so Slendenburn 19, so overall, when, when you compare um, InfiniBand to the alternative of Omnipath, uh, we're seeing multiple application cases demonstrating between 35 to 63% performance advantage on a low scale of an infrastructure. And as the number of servers increases, the gap increases as well. Um, InfiniBand continues to enable the highest system performance and can achieve higher performance on half, with half of the servers compared to the alternative. And it's basically the only interconnect, uh, if you look uh, 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 comparing to the alternative, that scales with system size and we see the performance advantages of InfiniBand continue to grow. Um, so, so in, in summary, um, we definitely see clear advantage for an offloading approach. First, it delivers much greater return on investment, free CPU cycles, and enables you to get better application performance. The second thing, offloading is the key for the next generation of platforms. The, the ability to start running algorithms MP algorithms, for example, on the data, when the data moves, is critical to achieve performance improvements uh, over time. 
Um, and then the last one is that Merlox continue to uh, drive the technology speed. Uh, we already demonstrated the first element of 200 gigabit per second, 400 gigabit per second, and continue with our schedule to release uh, InfiniBand HDR in the 2017 timeframe. Well, great, Glad. I mean, you've been talking for a while here. Now I apologize. I wanted to let you go through it all. Uh, how is this message resonating with your customers, this ideal of, of offloading versus online? I think uh, many customers understand the difference between onload and offload. They understand mm -hmm. the benefits of InfiniBand. They also understand that it's uh, worth even paying more for InfiniBand in order to build a balanced system that can essentially deliver the right performance for the users. Yeah. So we do see it uh, go very nice out. Uh, Melnox, you know, we do expect that Intel Omnipath will win some systems here and there um, as the competition in the past. But we continue to draft technology from our side, advancement to the uh, performance, and uh, we, we continue to uh, work with our users to enable them to leverage from InfiniBand for achieving their goals. Well, I wanted to ask you about the user side, Glad. Uh, back to slide 12, the uh, the quantum mechanical simulation. Uh, I'm just curious, does does the user have to choose uh, onload versus offload with their code, or does the something else uh, intervene there and compile it for you and make it run efficiently on on the architecture? Yeah, the users don't don't need to do anything. Yeah. Um, basically, the the network infrastructure. Uh, set if you have an offload capabilities or non offload capabilities, and if you do use InfiniBand, then uh, MPI uh, framework knows how to take advantage of it. Um, and if for anything is is basically in the MPI or the driver level, and from application perspective, you just need to run them and enjoy the greater performance. And and looking out to the future, Glad, of course, CPUs just tend to have more and more cores. Is that going to help your argument from your side, or is it going to hurt? No, it's uh, you know the, the more the reason that you bring more cores is that instead of accelerating a single process, you, you want to run more processes in parallel. Yeah, right. Yeah. You cannot get the frequency any uh, if uh, uh, to be faster anymore, so you start running more in parallel. Running more in parallel means that you're running more jobs. That the CPU has more to do. There is more load on the network. And if you're going to force the CPU to dedicate it part of the time to do non-application perspective, first, use CPU efficiency, and the more cores, the bigger the loss. Um, the second thing is that you can create jitter issues within the systems, and you take uh, processes out of balance, which also impact the performance. And it's, it's more important even to note that um, in, in the uh, CPU accelerators, if it's... Uh, um, night corner or night landing or NVIDIA GPUs, there are more and more cores that enables you to run things more in parallel, but those cores run in a slower frequency. So when you reduce the frequency of the CPU, the, the, the amount of load on the CPU to drop the network becomes even more critical and much bigger. And we see evidence that uh, running CPUs in frequencies of 1 gigahertz or 1.1 gigahertz or 1.2 gigahertz actually reduce the network performance if you're using an onload approach by almost 50%. So it's it's not that just it's important to have an offload when you have more and more cores. It's also beca it's become critical to have offload when using the many core devices that runs in much lower frequency. 
Well, great, Galata. You know, it, it, it's really interesting to watch this 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 debate go forward. And I know for uh, uh, Mellanox, you know, offloading has been uh, something you've been using from the start. And uh, um, I want to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show today. I want to thank you very much, Rich, for giving me the opportunity to present. You, you bet. Okay, folks, that's it for the Rich Report. Stay tuned for more news and information on high-performance computing. Thank you.